Lesson number 64, Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 123 to 134. Laysa bi amaniyikum wala amaniyi ahli al-kitab. Paradise is not obtained by your wishful thinking nor by that of the people of the scripture. Laysa bi amaniyikum. It is not according to your wishes. What is not according to your wishes? Paradise, success, reward, forgiveness, salvation. This is not attained by what? Amaniyikum. By your wishes. Amani. What does that mean? Wishes, wishful thinking. Okay? That does not have any basis to it. That's unreal. That's false. Not practical at all. Unachievable. Far from reality. So, Generally, if you think about it, what do people believe? That just because they think they are right, just because they think they are righteous, they will be fine. You ask any person, what will they say? I'm good, I'm fine. Which is why it's so difficult for us to admit our mistakes. Which is why it's so difficult for us to think about the bad habits we need to break. Correct? Which is why sometimes it's so difficult for us to think about the good things we want to develop in ourselves. Because generally, what does shaitan make us believe? You're good. You're fine. But what does Allah say? That success is not attained by your mere wishful thinking. You cannot get to Jannah just because you think you will get there. And who does you refer to over here? Kum. It refers to the believers. Imagine. Those who believe in Allah, in Muhammad ﷺ, in the Day of Judgment, in the Qur'an, those who believe are being told, you can't get to Jannah just because you think you're going to get there. Imagine. Then what about those who don't believe? What about those who don't strive? Wala, and nor is it attained by amaniyi ahl al-kitab, by the wishes of the people of the book. Meaning just because the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians, they may think that they're going to get to Jannah, doesn't mean they're actually going to get there. What were some of the false assumptions of the people of the book concerning themselves? They thought of themselves as Allah's children. They thought of themselves as His beloved ones. They believed that first of all, they're not going to be punished. And if they're going to be punished, they're only going to be punished for a few days and eventually they'll make it to paradise. Correct? This is what they believed concerning themselves. And we have learned various ayat regarding this false belief of theirs in Surah Al-Baqarah. So Allah says, no, it's not according to your wishes. Rather, a person gets to paradise. How? How? By effort. By faith. With iman. When a person does something to bring about Allah's mercy, His forgiveness, then he can make it to Jannah. Think about it. In this dunya, if a person says, I wish I could be a doctor. I really, really want to be a doctor. Applies to med school, doesn't get in. But I really, really want to be a doctor. So he goes and, you know, gets his name changed and put a DR in front of his name or sets up a clinic and pretends to be a doctor. I mean, is he a doctor? No. Would you ever go to him? Never. Never ever. So does this work in the world? That you wish you want to be something and you become that? No, it doesn't happen like that. In order to be a doctor, wishes alone are not sufficient. What is necessary? The required work. 
the required striving. So likewise, for success in the akhirah, required effort must be done in order to get there. We learn, Ibn Abbas anhu he said, that the followers of various religions disputed. The people of the Torah, they said, our book is the best book, and our prophet is the best prophet. The people of the Injil, they said similarly. And the people of Islam, they said, there is no religion except Islam. Our book has abrogated every other book. Our prophet is the final prophet, and you were commanded to believe in your books and adhere to our book. So this is what the Muslim said. And these verses were revealed. That no, it's not just according to talk. Just because you think, just because you say, doesn't mean you're going to get to Jannah. You have to do something yourself as well. مَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا Whoever does evil, he will be recompensed for it. Because the harm of such false thinking is that when a person believes he's going to be successful, when he assumes that he's going to be fine, then what he does is he goes on committing whatever he wants to. He sins, he disobeys Allah, but what does he tell himself? It's okay, I'll be fine. This is just like we Muslims, we go eat haram, do haram, and then what do we say? Allah's ghafoor rahim I'm a Muslim, I've said la ilaha illallah, I believe in the Qur'an, I'll be fine inshallah. Isn't it so? We allow ourselves to do wrong just because we think we will be Okay, you understand? This is just like a person thinks nothing is going to happen to his driving record. Therefore, he allows himself to speed. He allows himself to break the rules. But then reality hits. Isn't it so? So likewise, Allah says, مَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا Never ever allow yourself to do sin. Because remember, Whoever does evil, he will be punished for it. وَلَا يَجِدْ لَهُ And he will not find for himself. يَجِدْ From وَجَدَ He will not find for himself. مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah, وَلِيًّا Any friend. وَلَا نَصِيرًا Nor any helper. The one who does evil, he will suffer the consequences. No one will come to defend him. No one will come to support him. And this is something very, very serious. This is something very serious. And the Sahaba, when they heard this verse, they realized its seriousness. Aisha anha, she once said to the Prophet ﷺ that I know the hardest ayah in the Qur'an. The Prophet ﷺ said, which one is it? And she recited this, Whoever does evil will be recompensed for it. So the Prophet ﷺ assured her that that is what strikes the believing servant, even the problems that bother him. Meaning that whenever a person does something wrong, then he suffers the consequences for it, even in the world, in the form of little, little problems. Likewise, the rest of the companions, when this verse was revealed, it was very hard upon them. So the Prophet ﷺ said to them, be steadfast and seek closeness. Everything that afflicts the Muslim, even the thorn that pierces his skin and the hardship he suffers will be an expiation for him. So this is a reality. A person will suffer the consequences of his crime in this world and or in the hereafter. Why? Because the consequences, what do they do? They purify him. They cleanse him. They wash him. And they stop him from doing more wrong. It's like if you do something wrong, if you're speeding and then a police officer stops you, then what happens? You learn a lesson. 
when you're fined with a ticket, a really heavy one, then what happens? You learn a lesson. And it keeps you careful for the rest of your driving life. Isn't it so? So, in this world also, Allah makes us suffer the consequences of our sins in order to clean us, in order to improve us. So what's the main lesson in this ayah? The main lesson is that you don't get anything just because you want to have it. Allah says, أَمْ insani ma tamanna." Does a person get whatever he wishes? No. He has to work for it. وَأَنْ لَيْسَ insani إِلَّا مَا سَعَى There is nothing for a person except for that which he strives for. So if we want something, we have to work towards it. This is one lesson we learn. What's another lesson from this ayah? What's another lesson? You're responsible for the actions that you commit. If you do evil, you will see it. When you will do wrong, you will suffer. So be careful. Never allow yourself to do wrong. Never exempt yourself. Never excuse yourself. No. Hold yourself accountable because this is something that is very serious. وَمَن يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ And whoever does righteous deeds مِن ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْسَى Whether a male or a female. Any person who does a good deed, man or woman, وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ But there is a condition that he has to be a believer. فَأُولَٰئِكَ يَدُخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةِ Then those people, they will enter paradise. وَلَا يُظْلَمُونَ نَقِيرًا And they will not be wronged even as much as a naqeer. What is naqeer? The dot on the date stone. The dot on the date stone. It's so small that many of us have never even noticed it. Even though we have consumed hundreds and hundreds of dates in our lives. Ramadan comes and we eat dates like anything. But still, we've never noticed this naqeer. It's that small. So what does Allah say? That people will not be wronged even this much. Even this tiny amount. This is how just and fair Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So in this ayah, what do we see? Who's going to make it to Jannah? The one who just wants to get there? The one who just wishes he could get to Jannah? Who's going to get there? What's mentioned here? First of all, Amal Salih. وَمَن يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ Amal Salih. What does Amal mean? Action, not wishes, not assumption, not thinking, but action, effort. And if you notice the word amal, amal is not just any action, but it's an action that requires effort. You know, it's deliberate. It's work. Amal is work. What do you call work? Something that's very easy to do? No. Something that requires effort from you. Something that requires focus from you. Sacrifice from you. So whoever does work, which kind of work? Good work. So for example, the month of Ramadan is coming. We all wish to be amongst those who will be forgiven. When the month of Ramadan ends, we all wish that we will be amongst those who are forgiven inshallah. All our previous sins are forgiven inshallah. This is what we wish. But is it going to be attained just by wishes? No. What is needed? Effort. What effort? In the hadith, what do we learn? Whoever fasts in the month of Ramadan 
and prays. Right? In the night. With iman and also hoping for Allah's reward. Then such a person, all his previous sins will be forgiven. Now tell me, two efforts are needed here, right? Which ones? First of all, fasting. Is it easy? Especially now, in the coming weeks, in this heat, in these long days, in this humidity, is it easy? No way. It's not easy. So what is it? Work, effort, sacrifice. Secondly, qiyam, the night prayer. Is that easy? Is that easy? Especially when you go to the masjid and all of your friends are hanging out at the back. Huh? Or they manage to sneak out and everybody goes for ice cream or for coffee or whatever for dessert. And then you come back right before taraweeh and so that your mom thinks you were praying in the first rows. This is why she couldn't even see you. Yeah? Is it easy? It's not easy. Especially when the nights are short, you're tired, you have work to go to the next morning or a summer class to take the next morning. Is it easy? It's not easy. What does it require? Effort and work. But this amal salih, is it worth it? Tell me, is it worth it? Yes. Is this effort worth it? Yes, every single bit of it is worth it. Because this amal will mean, inshallah, that all the previous sins will be forgiven. That we should set a high goal for ourselves, not be settled with less. And then when you've set the high goal, then also strive towards it. Work towards it. Put in your effort towards it. So, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ زَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْسَى And what's the second condition? وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ Iman, Belief also has to be there. He or she has to be a believer. Iman is a condition. Because someone who does not believe in Allah, does not believe in the Messenger wasallam, then obviously he's not working according to the instructions that Allah has given. And if the work is not according to the rules, according to the instructions, then it doesn't mean anything. Correct? It's like you write a really, really good answer to the wrong question. You put in so much effort. You phrased it perfectly. You arranged your thoughts in the best manner. It's really good, but... It's an answer to the wrong question. Even though you wrote it beautifully, but it's not going to be worth anything at all. So iman is a requirement. Has it ever happened with you in a test, in an exam? That you write something and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is the answer. And you're so happy about it, so proud about it. And when you receive your test, big wrong. Like, what happened? Oh, now I get it. It was a wrong answer. So, Iman is a condition for acceptance of deeds, for success in the hereafter. Woman ahsanu deenan. Then Allah tells us who the best person is. Because people were debating, they were arguing. No, we are the best, we are the best. We'll be successful, we'll make it to Jannah. Allah tells us who the best person is in deen. Woman ahsanu. And who is better? Deenan in religion. Mimman than the one who aslama wajhahu lillah. Than the one who has surrendered his face to Allah. So every person believes based on their wishes that they are the best. And Allah tells us who the best one is. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? Why? 
What's the benefit? Why no? So what if we don't know? What's the harm? There's so many things we don't know. So what if we don't know who the best person is? What's the big deal? As long as you're average, that's okay. You don't have to be the best. Yeah? Is that so? Why do you want to know who the best person is? Why? Huh? So that we can be the best. Okay? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very generous. Okay? In His eyes, there is room for everyone to be the best. You know how in some competitions, there is only one person who can ever make it to the top level? Others are eliminated no matter how good they perform. Isn't it? There's always elimination. Correct? And then you feel so bad for people who've been eliminated just because they are a little bit less compared to the other one. Yeah? You feel so bad for them. People cry. Right? They get upset. But the fact is that in the sight of Allah, many people can be the best. So, we should strive to be the best. So, وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا Allah tells us whose religion is the best. First of all, مَنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ The one who has surrendered his face to Allah. What does it mean? He's always in sajda? His face is always down? Yeah? أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ Always down. Because his face is surrendered. What does it mean? Hmm? If you look at your face, what does it have? Okay, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, behind your forehead is your brain. Okay, on the side are your ears. Correct? So all of your senses, five senses, right? They are within your face. Correct? So the one who surrenders his face is the one who surrenders his eyes to Allah. How? What does it mean by surrender, by submission? That you... Hand over, you do whatever you are commanded. Muslim is actually used for a camel who is surrendered to the master. Have you ever seen a picture of a huge camel being led by a little child? Yeah? I'm sure you have. Or even a man or a woman who is smaller than the camel? Yeah. But what happens? The master is holding the rope and walking away and the huge camel is just walking behind submissively. The master takes the camel to the right and the camel turns right. The master turns the camel to the left and the camel turns left. The master makes it sit down and it sits down. The master makes it stand up and it stands up. He makes it walk fast or run and it does so. He makes him walk slow and he does so. This is what it means to surrender, to obey, to hand over yourself. Do not have any of your own personal will, but rather always observe the will of the master. Do what the master wants you to do. So if the eyes are surrendered, what does it mean? What does it mean? That the eyes look at what Allah allows them to look at. What Allah wants the eyes to see. The eyes turn away from what Allah wants the eyes to turn away from. So when Allah tells us, فَانْظُرُوا Then look at, look at His creation. Look at what happened to the people of the past. So should we look at those things? Yes. 
Should we look at the sky, the clouds, the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created? Yes. This is submission to Allah. Likewise, when Allah has told the believing women, وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُدْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ That they should lower their gaze. Lower their gaze in what respect? Always looking down? No. That some things that they should not look at, they should look away from them. So when we are in a situation such as this, that we're walking and there's a huge billboard with something inappropriate on it, then what should we do? Look at it and say, Astaghfirullah. Yeah? Or look at people as they're walking away. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Yeah? What does it mean? Look down. Look away. But unfortunately we keep looking, 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 and commenting. That's not what Allah wants you to do. He wants you to look away at that time. Likewise, if somebody's on their phone, and you're sitting next to them, and you know that their phone is their private thing, and you can look at it, what should you do? Keep looking at it? I should see what they're doing in class. And by the way, who are they texting? Is it a man or a woman? Let me see. Yeah? Is that what we should be doing? No, look away. Something that we should not be looking at, look away from it. This is submission of the eyes. What's the submission of the ears? Same thing. Listen. To what? What Allah wants you to listen to. Right? And what is that? Wasma'u And listen to what Allah tells you. Whether it's the Qur'an or the commands of the Messenger wasallam, Something good, something beneficial. Listen to it. Pay attention to it. The recitation of the Qur'an. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to us? Wastami'u lahu. Listen to it attentively. Alright? And then, also, submissiveness of the ears means not listening to what Allah doesn't want you to listen to. Now you see how much amal there is over here? You're so conscious about your eyes, about your ears, about your mind, about what you say. Everything, if it's in submissiveness, there's a lot of effort. Correct? There's a lot of amal. Amal salih. And this is what leads a person to Jannah. Not just his thinking and his wishes. That I am the best. I don't dress like this. I don't listen to this. I don't talk like this. So I'm the best. Criticizing other people and believing that we are the best. This is not what leads a person to Jannah. It's Amal that leads us to Jannah. So وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِمَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ So first of all, surrenders his face to Allah. And face, although it's a part of the body, but by mentioning part, the entire body is meant. Okay? By mentioning part of the body, the entire body is meant. So surrenders himself entirely, entirely to Allah, that Allah, I am yours. You know, at the end of an email, we say, yours sincerely, truly yours. Right? We write such words. Who deserves these words? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we are His. Allah, I am yours. I belong to you. I surrender myself to you. So man aslama wajahu lillah. Secondly, the second quality of the person who is the best, who huwa muhsin, and he is a muhsin. Who is muhsin? One who does hasana, one who does good, good deeds, righteous actions, one who leaves bad things, and who performs good at the level of ihsan, at the level of excellence, with beauty, 
Not to merely get by, but to perform at the level of excellence. And how can a person perform good deeds at the level of excellence? When his deeds are close to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because what does Allah say? لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ So what is ihsan? The way of the Prophet ﷺ. So huwa huwa muhsin. The closer a person is to the sunnah, the more beautiful his actions are. So the more beautiful his actions are, the better he is in the sight of Allah. The third characteristic, وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا And he follows the way of Ibrahim a.s. Who was Ibrahim a.s.? Hanif, focused, unswerving, focused on the truth, on that which is right. No matter what comes his way, he doesn't get diverted, he doesn't get distracted, rather he remains focused on the haqq. Does it happen with us? Does it happen with you while you're driving? You know, you're driving on a straight road and there's a right turn and there's a left turn. Or a car is going right or a fire truck is going left and you love fire trucks. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to follow it. Do you do that? Do you do that? No, you don't do that. I remember a friend of mine was learning how to drive and this was in Pakistan. And there was a, a cat or a dog on the side of the road. So she was just looking at that animal and she didn't realize she was driving towards it. She got distracted. She got diverted. This is not Hanif. Hanif is that with all the distractions coming, you don't move away from what you're doing. Okay? You don't move away from what you're doing. You remain focused. Can you think of an example in this context? A muhsin. How will he be a Hanif? Yes. Everything. We have a schedule to do, to complete. We have deadlines to meet. So with fasting becomes rather difficult. Yes. It's not easy to fast, especially in summer, but it's our belief and it's like our unswerving yes. oath that we take with Allah that no, we have to complete it yes. and we have to do all our worships, our yeah. adwas and everything. Yeah. So uh, you're fasting and then what happens in the middle? There's a, it's summertime and there's a, um, let's say, a barbecue that a co-worker is having and they're like, it's all going to be, it's all halal meat just for you, and you're like, okay, then I won't fast. Is that Hanif? No. Who is Hanif? That no matter what happens, no matter what distraction comes, ah, taraweeh. You're at the masjid, you're praying, and you see your friend come, right? Your friend comes, and you're like, are you going to pray? Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit down for a while. And they sit down, and like, come, okay, let's sit and talk. And they're talking and talking, and then two rakar over, and then another two rakar over, and then another two rakar over. Okay, okay, we should go pray. Yeah, but listen, listen. And then like this, the whole taraweeh is gone. Is this Hanif? No way. She got distracted really, really badly. Hanif, focused. وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Now notice three things over here. Islam, Ihsan, Ittiba' Islam, surrender. Ihsan, beauty. Ittiba' following. The internal is sincere. The external is beautiful. This person, he is the best. An example of the person who was the best, Ibrahim a.s. And when Ibrahim a.s. was like that, وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Allah took Ibrahim as his khalil, as his friend. Because the thing is that when a person remains focused like this on the truth, and he beautifies his actions, he surrenders himself to Allah, then what happens? He does become lonely. He feels left out. Does it happen to you? Ever? 
All your friends are hanging out in the back of the masjid and there you are standing and praying. And your friends are talking about something, they're laughing about something, they went out somewhere and later on you find out, you feel so left out. Like man, I wish I was with them too. I wish I could have left those two taraweeh. My mom, I don't know why she's so strict and she has to stand next to me. I can't even go and hang out with my friends. So you feel left out. You do feel alone. But Allah assures you, you will not be alone. Because when you strive towards Allah, then what will happen? You will meet Him. When you strive towards befriending Allah, Allah will befriend you. Ibrahim was he not cut off from everything and everyone? Wasn't he? Yes. But what did he get? The friendship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What kind of friendship? He was a khalil. Khalil. Khalil is from khalam, lam. And khilal is the gap. Okay? The gap between two things. It is basically the place of entering into something. So for example, your fingers. Okay? If you space them out, there is gap between your fingers. Right? This is what? Khilal is. Which is why? In wudu, if a person has very little water, then what should he do? He should do khilal of the fingers to ensure that this gap is also wet. Likewise, a man, when he washes his face and he has a beard, what is he required to do? Khilal of the beard. To make sure that the beard hair is also wet. Okay? So, this is what khilal is. And khalla yakhillu is to pierce, to slit, to make a hole through something. When you slit, when you make a hole through something, then you enter it. Okay? Then you enter it. Whatever has cut through has entered. And from this is the word khulla. What is khulla? Mawadda. Love. Friendship. Closeness. Because that has entered into the heart. Some friends, you keep them on the outside. Okay? You keep them on the outside of your heart or the edges of your heart. So what happens? They're nice to you, you're nice to them. They talk to you, you talk to them. They don't call you, you're like whatever. They go somewhere without you, you're like whatever. You're not too close to them. But a level of friendship that is deeper. And what is that? That the friendship has entered into the heart, the love has entered into the heart and settled there. Close friendship. That when you love someone wholeheartedly, when you crave their company, their closeness, when you talk to them, when you share what's in your heart with them, you trust on them, you discuss with them, you share with them. Okay? This is what khullah is. So khalil is someone who loves and is loved. And there's no khalal in his friendship, in his love, in his commitment. No gap in his love, in his commitment, in his friendship. Because sometimes what happens, some people, they try to make you believe that they're really sincere to you, that they are really good friends of yours. But then what happens? They disappear for months and months. Something major happens, they don't even tell you. How do you feel? Cheated. Even though you don't want to make a big deal out of it, it hurts. You're like, I thought we were good friends. And there... She's taking a trip for two months and she didn't even tell me. I'm wondering where she is and I find out she's in somewhere. (laughs) Okay? Or that she's getting married and she never told me. She just sends me an invitation to her marriage. She never even told me. 
So how do you feel? Really, really bad. So khullah is what? Friendship, love, in which there is no gap, no inconsistency. There is commitment, there is closeness. Okay? Really good buddies. This is what khullah is. The one who loves and is loved. So وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Allah made Ibrahim his close friend. His close friend. Very, very close friend. And when Allah is someone's friend, then who do they need? And what do they need? Nothing and nobody else. Allah is sufficient. So what do we learn in this ayah? That if we want to be close to Allah, then what's necessary? Islam, Ihsan, Ittibar. All these things are necessary. This is the person who is best in the eyes of Allah. وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ And to Allah belongs whatever is in the heavens and whatever is on the earth. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need you to strive towards Him. He doesn't need you to submit. He doesn't need you to do ihsan, to do ittiba'. Allah owns everything. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ muhita. And Allah over everything, He is encompassing. Muhita is from ihata, hawata, which is to surround, to encompass. So He has encompassed everything. He owns everything. He rules over everything. Your ibadah, your submissiveness, your dutifulness doesn't benefit Him in any way. So who does it benefit then? Who does it benefit? You and I. Who benefits from the ihsan of the muhsin? The muhsin himself. Who benefits from the islam of the muslim? The muslim himself. Who benefits from the ittiba' of the muttabir? The one who does ittiba'. He himself benefits. So we're doing ourselves a favor. It's like if someone sets a high goal for themselves, and they strive towards it, who's gonna benefit at the end? They or their neighbor? Who's gonna benefit? They themselves will benefit. Let's listen to the recitation. Laysa bi amanihikum wala amaniyi ahlin kitab. Man ya'mal su'an yujza bihi wala yajid lahu min dunillahi waliyahu wala nasira. وَمَن يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِن ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَأُولَئِكَ فَأُولَئِكَ يَدْخُلُونَ الْجَنَّةَ وَلَا يُظْلَمُونَ نَقِيرًا وَمَن أَحْسَنُ دِينًا مِّن مَّنْ أَسْلَمَ وَجْهَهُ لِلَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسِنٌ وَاتَّبَعَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُحِيطًا Say something good to the person standing next to you. Something that you've learned, a reflection. Whose partner said something amazing? Something you're like, oh wow, that's true. Everybody listen. 
When you were talking about uh, getting the first position, I was really thinking about you have a competition between the people. When you are doing the good deeds, you don't have a competition between the people. You're fighting with yourself. Yes, because there's always room to do more. Right? There's always room to excel and improve. 